Hi, I'm Arvid and I'm going to read you Illustrated Stories from Dickens. <laughs> Oliver Twist. Chapter 1. Nobody's Baby. Take care of him. The young mother whispered with as soft as the swirling snow outside her face as white as the sheet that covered her. Feebly, she touched her newborn son, reached a last eye, and closed her eyes. She's dead, the non-missing man, the man's wife. What an instance. I have to get Mr. Bumble. Mr. Bumble was in charge of the workhouse, a cold room place for the homeless, without a spark of comfort, a crowd of nursing food. He didn't care if the inmates starved, but long as his own tummy felt warm and full three times a day. Quickly, Mrs. Mann and left a gold locket from the dead woman's neck and put it around her own. Opening it, she read the name Ames engraved inside. Another orphan bat ragged Mr. Bumble when he saw the baby. Who is he anywhere? Who knows? Mrs. Manuan. His mother walked in yesterday off the street. She must have walked some distance. Her shoes were worn out. Good looking girl. So, he must have a name, Mr. Bumble. Well, I knew more orphans, and the last one was Smith, so he can be Twist. I never twist. Ooh, Mr. Bumble, you're clever, smiled Mrs. Man, fluttering her eyelashes at him. She wrapped Oliver in a scrape of clothes held with age. Oliver opened his mouth and roared with all the force of his baby lungs. If he had understood he was often loved by no one, have cried even louder. Chapter 2. Moment Less By the time Oliver was seven, he was sleeping in a dormitory by 50 other starving boys. I'm so hungry I could eat a boy in the next bed, completing the tall, strong boy with wild, angry eyes. The boy in the next bell. Bed got. We must have more food, he agreed hastily. Let's trust to us to decide who is going to act Mr. Bumble. Oliver Hart was thumping as he reached out to draw his straw. He pulled it close. Oh no, he cried, it's me. Supper, as usual, was good. A kind of tin water we pounded porridge with a Two lumps of whiskey floating in it. The boys lined in front of Mr. B Bumble, who stood at one end of the dining room. A huge apron tied around his fat belly, leading a small spoonful into each boy's bowl. They returned to the tables to eat their food, packed on benches as tight as sadness, thought not so plump. The bowl never need washing. They were licked clean in seconds until they shone like polished china. 
The boys sitting near Oliver kicked him under the table. Go on, Oliver. Axe now. Shivering with fear, Oliver walked the length of the room. He clutched his bow so tightly his knuckles screamed white. A terrible silence descended, peered by Oliver's slow echoing footsteps on the stone floor. And he passed table after table of boys, their spoon laid down, the empty bowls in front of them. Each wild-eyed boy stared at him as he went by. Oliver guessed what they were thinking. I'm glad it's him, not me. At last, he reached down Mr. Bumble, who looked down his nose at Oliver as taught to the insect he wanted to squat. Oliver forced himself to speak. Please, sir, I want some more. What? shouted Mr. Bumble. Please, sir, some more. Mr. Bumble swelled like a ever giant wind. His ears bulged with fury as his face more? How dare you, wicked boy! He seized Oliver, hit him with the gold ladder, and threw him into the coal cellar, locking the door. Your punishment starts here. Oliver heard him stop up the step, wondering as he ran. No one ever have. Far more before mark my words, he'll be a criminal when he goes up. That boy will hang. In the dark suit cellar, cobwebs stroked Oliver's face like creepy fingers, and rats scratched the walls. He crouched in the corner, pressing himself close to the wall. Its hard, cold surface made him always protective in the lonely glow. He stayed awake all night, dreading what would happen to him next. Chapter 3 Running Away What happened? And Oliver crouched as Oliver crouched in the cellar. Mr. Bumble was nailing an advertisement to the workhouse door. The next day, Mr. Bumble dragged Oliver from the cellar. The two men coming to see you, so make sure you behave. Oliver watched at the first Pull up outside the door, the donkey cart laden by suit. Shoved, hitting the donkey on the head with a great thumb from his whip. Mr. Granfield, said Mr. Bumble, stepping out to greet him. Mr. Granfield stared at Oliver. He's a very small boy, but I need the emperor to climb up to the chimney and sweep the suits. 
some of the chimneys are rather interesting. This rat works really nicely. I won't call him a rat. Quite a liver. Don't be so insolent. Say, Mr. Bumble. I've heard about chimney sweeps, Oliver said. You can tie up a chimney. They light fire to make coffee down, and you get smothered in the smoke. Oh, nonsense, Mr. Gamfield. It, I just get a nice crackling blaze going, and the boys come down quicker than anything. Enough fizzle and flames, I'm not going, replied Oliver firmly. Mr. Gamfield clambered back into his donkey cart. I don't want to do this boy. You're spoiling Mr. Bumble. Daddy, what? Donkey only trotted a bit. Mr. Bumble shook Oliver until his teeth rattled. Keep your mouth shut, or no one will want you. He blurted. You've ruined that chance. Don't ruin the next. Look, here it comes now. He pointed to a tin spider-wee man coming up the door. The man had a gloomier and Mr. Sabery. He introduced himself. I went you in the world and I need help. He looked at Oliver closely. This boy will do, but he's so thin. He's not worth five pounds. I'll give you three pounds for him. Take it or leave it. Mr. Bumble was disgusted, but there was nothing he could do. Eager to see the last of him. Pleasure going, Oliver. Behave, or else he threatened. Back at his shop, Mr. Sabari showed her just a basement. Then light faded in, though a grimly pane of glass buried in rusty iron rails. You sleep here, you little bag of bones, he said. Oliver looked about the shadowy room. It was stacked with empty coffins and planks of wood. Drapes of black cloak hung, blood hung from hooks in the walls, blowing occasionally in the breeze. And though he first he breathed, and they then were lifeless. The only place to sleep was this. Behind the coffin, where a tin mattress was, was looked like a way. And this is my no My friends, Mr. Sowberry went on, taking him to the kitchen. No, what? 
They will never stop her. No, I look cross. What work is going to do? Exactly. He'll be a mute. He'll be a good-looking boy. Dressed in top hats and morning clothes. He will be credit to the business. Please, sir, what's in here? A mute wax next to the coffin at Brindis and follows it to the grave. Children smiles only when it is coming on. There is lots of children swimmers this time of year. My green man suddenly was just a very left in you. Get your foot. Hands all over the dog's food. All over. It's so hungry. He wolves down the stinky squirt of fat, even that the dog can Pig, want to know Look, house boy, if your mother hasn't died, she'll be in prison. She must have been bad. Only bad ones give birth in the workout. Don't you see anything against my mother? shouted Oliver. So, what are you going to do it? Oh, I jeered. Yes. Oliver punched Noah in his flabby stomach. Noah collapsed like Crumpled balloon. Ow, he squealed. Hell, murder, Mr. Sowberry. You've lost your mind, or liver twist. You just wait for a cause boy, Oliver. You, you will be punished for this. Do what you want, replied Oliver. I won't stand here any longer. He raced up door and tore down the walls his heart pounding. Don't let them come after me, he prayed. Chapter 4 New Friends Oliver ran and ran until he came to a signpost. I'll walk to London, he decided. Perhaps I can make a better life for myself there. He walked ten miles a day. At night, he hid in hay barns, barns and woke each morning aching and weak with hunger. The nights were worst because there were nothing around him but darkness and loneliness. At last, he reached the city, his sore feet were bleeding and his clothes were worn to shreds. He watched people jostling around market stalls and shops so busy that no one noticed him. He collapsed on a Cold doorstep to exhausted to beg. Delicious meal floated by from a bakery. Oliver staggered up the window where 
shells crowned with pile of windows. Red shells crowned with piles of freshly made bread cakes, buttons, and pies. He stared at them long, long, clear. A boy about the same age with sharp eyes and ear swaggering walks towards over. Hungry? he asked. Where are you? gasped Oliver. To Oliver's astonishment, the boy pulled out a bag of money out of his pocket. I'll get you something. Wait here, he returned with the back crumbs of hot meat pies. I'm dodgers, said the boy as Oliver cobbled forth. No, Oliver twist. Got a better night, Oliver? No. Got any family? No one at all. I know the kind gentleman who will take you in. He won't want any rent either. That's generous, exclaimed Oliver. He followed Roger to a maze of narrow areas where fools smells filled in the air and swarms of reforming smells filled the air and swarms of Roger urgently slimy using gutters. Man and woman stand good along cursing. It looks so dirty. Oliver almost wished he hadn't come, but she had no here else to go. Finally, gave it to crumbling house. Dodger led him a rickety staircase to dark. To do a cloud of sizzling fumes, I never started small old man. He's wearing a grubby blue coat and fine sausages over the fire. Behind him, the group of boys. Danced and thought again. Behinding him, he broke up while his dance and dodged playing the game. The old man caught had lots of pockets stuffed with hankies, wallets and pens and the boys were trying to pull them out without him noticing. He fagging yelled Dodger. This is Oliver. Hey Oliver. I'm going to play a 
Yes, sir. Said I live with Clementine. Great if I'm just fucking from Georgia. Crying, crying, crept up in the case of Joe at the house. Very natural, Chucky Fagan. Come near the fire, have a softer. Another man stepped in. Another man stepped in, smearing the back of his dirty hand across the man. Tim Gregor and the smiling dog and the scratched bony face. Ah, Bill Skites. Drive back in. Delight to see you. What can I do for your Nancy? Give both sides supper. Bill growled, kicking his dog. Let me dream. Get to work, boy. Like an object. One on the board for the dog. Why don't you give Nancy half the She emptied it into a brimming mug and passed it to Bill. Bill's scary old thoughts knuckling on his fancy dozen. But I'm lucky to have found your friends. The next morning, walking in the pale half night light of dawn, I never saw Fagin open the chest and run his hands over knuckles, buckets, rings, and sand or cracks. Fagin turned to face a little bit, thrust the chest back into the floor, sized a knife, and pressed a blade into a little What did you see? Yes. Nothing, stammered Oliver, terrified. Good boy, said Fagin, letting go. Keep quiet or you'll be sorry. That's all I have to keep in my own age. Doing what you're told, Oliver, if you want to be happy here. A few days later, Fagin told Oliver to go out and hand his stall outside in the street. A richly dressed gentleman had picked up the book from the stall and was reading it as hard as he was in his study. See him, the George. Prime talk. Once they come out, but it was the riot from the Indian's court pocket. In that moment, you saw what his nose and rare thieves. Chapter 5 
betrayed. The gentleman spun around, realizing he had been robbed. Stop, thief! He yelled. And Oliver, Oliver looked for Dodger. But he had vanished. Panakin, Oliver raised the followed by every man and woman in the street. Stop, thief! He shouted, children, and helped Kalka to to mud and puddles, throwing sticks and stones at his corny back. Oliver Breathless kept running on this stone, struck his head. He fell down, stunned. Please, to his bird, have a gentleman reach him and not a tear. Gentleman said to him, mm -hmm. You look honest, instead, you look like. He stopped. I'm sorry, I know the trace, Mama. Get the police, said the papa. No, he deserves a chance, replied his enemy. Who are you, boy? My name is Wonder. Perhaps I can help you. Come with me. Mr. Brownlow took Oliver in his grand house. In the hallway was a portrait of a beautiful girl. Oliver stopped and stared at it, drinking it in. That was my niece. Mm -hmm, said Mr. Brownlow. She had a sad life. I wish she had come to me for help. She said, be dead now. She must be dead now for a girl. He looked at the portrait and at Oliver. I can't believe it, he muttered. Lightness is extraordinary. Where were you born, he asked urgently. In Mr. Bumble's workhouse, Oliver replied. Surprised and disturbing question. Yeah, as I've heard of it, said Mr. Brownlow, looking and nodding and looking grim. Now tell me about yourself. Oliver counted his last job. Up until the moment he ran from the I believe you, Mr. Bondo. He put his hands on Liver's shoulders and looked down at him. Would you like to live here and go to school? Really? Got Oliver Tully? Mr. Bondo left. I'll have Mrs. Bedroom, my housekeeper, show you to the room. Poor child, said Mrs. Bandrew, as she took Oliver upstairs. So dirty and well out. Have a horse bath. 
Um, I'll get you some clean clothes. Lying in bed that night, I never, I never felt happier. And after it's passed, what happened you still? Mrs. Bedwin looked after him. For a good breakfast each morning to eat half last thing at night. The one played games with him, shared his books, and taught him chess and music. A big elephant living in a dream, thought Oliver. Two weeks later, Mr. Bondo demoted him to his study. Here's five pounds in some books. Will you take them to the bookshop? Of course, replied Oliver. I'll do anything for you. When it comes to it home, Mr. Bondo added. I want there and back again. Oliver promised you hand down the front steps and we could buy to Mrs. Bedwin who was watching him from the window. Listen, she told can Bev let him out of his head. The whistle as he strolled that strolled down the street, silly pair of our size and tight out here, let go. Oliver, you naughty boy, I found you at last. Oliver was astonished. There was Nancy, girl scouts friend. Nancy, is that you? What are you doing here? He called Gadget staring at him. He's my little one way border. And she announced in the silky flower voice. But Oliver began. Both guys shot out the beer shop with his morning door and grabbed Oliver. Watch him, Bullseye, he hissed. Buster sighed Oliver's leg and hung onto it with his sharp teeth. I don't belong to these people. Shouted Oliver talking to get out. I have to go back to Mr. Brownlow. But Nancy quickly covered his mouth until she nearly suffocated. Bill dragged him to the alleys, but I warned that Oliver's every step until he reached Falcon's attic. Good for you to drop him, Oliver Lord. Wagon Cecilia. Fancy clothes left. Dodge expensive books. We'll sell everything for Wagon. He examined Oliver's pockets. Ah, even better. Here's, here's five pounds. Mine, Gordon. No, mine, Charlie. Alternatic Wagon, but. Those matched it away.
It's Mr. Bondles. The owner of it. Let me go. Yeah. Mr. Bondles is the one who cheated. Don't make your own story. No, I never shouted. Why do you want me anywhere? So you can't tell us, neighbor. Once you're one of us, you wonder. Tell the police. Now oh, shut up. Chapter 6 A robbery. Oliver was forced to wear filthy rags again. For several days, the thief made him stay in the attic, watched over by the victor's person. Every time Oliver went nearly to the door, Bruce a snarl showing his sharp fangs. Don't set the dog on him, Bruce. Once again, I've got Oliver back. You don't have to frighten him now, or don't I? Snarled brandished the pistol. See this, Oliver? Oliver nods nicely. It's loaded. If you don't want to do what you're told, I'll fire, understand? Yes, Billy, said Oliver, trembling. Good. This is the job I want you to do tonight. Big house loaded with silver. Wool and jewels. This keep a small window open, and I need a screwdriver to slip down and under. Locked after door. He means what he said about the gun. Advertisement wagon. Don't try and cross those guides. When I fell, Bill dragged Oliver to the house. They hid under a bush until the church clock struck midnight. It was intensely dark. Bill host Oliver up to a tiny window. Get in, he hissed. Please don't make me steal, implored Oliver. Scarf's with him first. Do it or I'll bash your head in. He shoved Oliver through the window, this he latter and handed it to him. Open the front door here. Order the bolt. And back at the top, you won't wish to stand on one of the chairs. Remember, we are in my gunshot range. A little service bird pistol aimed at him. He had no choice. He crept inside and went to unlock the door. As he slid back to boss, he heard Bill running to the front of the horse. I must warn the family somehow, Oliver thought. I don't care what happens to me. 
and the job the ladder with a collector. After that, everything just seemed to happen at once. We burst into to grab a lever and watchman fired. Oliver screamed, caught in the crossfire. He clutched his arms and saw his sleeve turn red. Well dragged him outside. Before growled, they'll be after us. One. But Oliver his heart Robin leaked behind. Will flung him into a ditch. You are too slow, he yelled down at him. You can die here. When Will finally reached the dragon house, Nancy washed up to him. How did it go? She asked. Disaster, said Will. Curtly, get me a drink. Where's the boy, Will? Dying in the ditch somewhere. Can't you leave him there? Nancy called. I'll go and find him. Bill lurched to his feet. Don't you dare, Nancy. But Nancy had already grabbed the cloak, was running to the door. Yeah, grabbed the cloak, spread over Bill's face. After her, Bill said she ordered, she won't get away with this. Nancy ran to the house, but had tried to walk. And searched everywhere for Oliver. At last, she found him, weak and shivering. Thank you for coming, he muttered. She quickly bandaged his bleeding arm with her shawl. I found your friend, Mr. Brownlow. Take you to him, she whispered. Then be waiting for us on London Bridge. I don't believe you, Oliver said. It's a trick. It isn't Oliver, I promised. I met Mr. Bondlow yesterday. It's all arranged. Why are you doing this? I worked for Dragon since I was little. I don't want you to suffer like me. Stay with me. They urged her. Mr. Bond will not look after you too. He could post a new life. A candy bird. Nancy shrugged. I know he's bad, but I love him. Besides, she added, I have been itty for all my life. It's too late to change now. Now to the Oliver. They hurried to the dark streets where flickering gas lamps showed eerie shafts of land under colors, cobwebs. Neither of them saw the dog following them. A dog with a scratched on face and an eager snarling mouth. Beside the dog, a man who rode the silent, steely footsteps down the shadows. Chapter 7 The Secret of the Locket. They leased 
the bridge at dawn. Mr. Brownlow was waiting, just as Nancy had promised. One, she cried to Oliver. Oliver dashed forward. He has almost reached Mr. Brownlow. Outstretched arms. When Nancy's fighting was Tim turned back. Why I, did you follow me, Bill? And she stared at I told no tears. I never grasped on you. You took the boy away. You betrayed me, Nancy. Can ever trust you again? Then I never heard Nancy scream. No, please, Bill, no. Bang! The pistol shot and Nancy slumped lively to the ground. Bill swore and closed his eyes. I had to kill her, he muttered. Oliver was frozen to the spot with terror. I'm here, Oliver, he must have run resiliently. Come to me, don't look. By now, the quarters appeared, drawn by the sound of repeated shot. Bill fled from the bridge, despairing to escape. The quarter after him, in a panic, Bill climbed the drain pipe of a nearby housing scale. He grabbed it. What rope that was dangling from its chimney intending to swim swing over the to the wharf on the house opposite. Quickly he made loaf and slipped it over his head. But before he could bring it down his body under his arms with police sounded to be below. Stop him, cried the woman. He's getting away. But lost his balance and tumbled off the water of tiny around his neck. In seconds, he was dead. Then, body swinging mid-air. The side ran back and forth, howling disappointedly. Then the dog leaped at the dead man, trying to reach him. Instead, he dashed his head on his tall windowsill and fell to the ground. The dog was as dead as his master. The Brownlow helped Oliver firmly in his arms. Oliver couldn't stop kicking. Nothing can hurt you now, Mr. Bonlow told him. You're safe. You'll deserve that for what you did to Nancy. Poor Nancy. Oliver stopped. Yes, you're the brave girl. He hugged Oliver tightly. Listen, Oliver, I have good news for both of us. I went You see, Mr. Bumble, and he gave me this. 
She handed Oliver a golden locket. Open it. Oliver looked at the inscription inside. And she read, "This is meant to my wife, who with your mother at the workhouse, and stole this locket from her." The attorney's man carried married Mr. Bumble. That's how he discovered the locket. Was Ange my mother? Oliver said, "Yes, your mother and my niece. I gave." Heard the locket many years ago. I recognized it at once. Remember her portrait at home. Look just like her. Mr. Barnlow hugged Oliver again. You're my boy now, he said. Do I really belong to you? Oliver said. Hardly daring to believe it. Mr. Barnlow smiled. Read it, do. Please God. Your unhappy life is over forever. Let's call over. Mrs. Benjamin is longing to see you again. And hand in hand, they walked out. Bleak House. The end.